0: Last week we answered some questions from our question box. We invite you to continue to use that. Um, last time I checked, I checked earlier today, and there were no questions there, so I won't be, um, I won't obviously won't be answering any uh, from the box. At least you might have some that you want to to give. It was mentioned in Sunday school in the uh, combined Sunday school class as well that it's an opportunity to to bring questions whether they be about the catechism or um, another biblical topic of your choice, um, feel free to use that. It's good to see Hannah tonight. Glad to have you here. She walked in, and I kind of I didn't recognize her right away, and I think that's, that's her trick. That's her secret, just a, <laughs> it's a little different look each time to keep us, keep us on guard, <laughs> but it's good to have you. Thanks for, for coming and being a part of family here. As I mentioned, we are thankful for Ryan and Heidi and, and their service to the Lord and, and speaking these, this, this week and next week as well. So continue to pray for them. We've been talking a lot, whether on Wednesday night or on Sunday, about praying for ministry. And in our study in Colossians, we've been seeing that. So I want to just remind ourselves to do that. Um, I want to mention a couple things um, that are coming up that we, we need to prepare for uh, three things, in fact, and uh, two are on that same weekend, December um, 7th, 8th, and 9th. The 7th is a Friday where we'll be doing the play, Black and White Christmas. Um, Saturday, we'll be doing that play again, Black and White Christmas, and then turn around on Sunday, we're going to have our Grace Partners Christmas Fellowship uh, service and dinner here. So, you know, that makes for a busy weekend. So I want us to start thinking about that now of how uh, we're going to be pulling it off. I've been thinking about it and uh, kind of been having some sleepless nights about how we're going to pull all of that <laughs> off. And it's it's going to be a challenge for us because uh, uh, Black and White Christmas as a play, um, you know, doing that here for Friday and Saturday consecutively. And then that makes a very busy day on Saturday because Saturday... We need to totally be prepared, have our building prepared for the Sunday Grace Partners Fellowship. And that has traditionally been our biggest, uh, uh, number-wise, our biggest day of the year. And so we want to prepare for that. So I want to get you thinking right now of how you can help in that so we don't wait to the last minute. One of the things that we've done this year is we've, Already purchased additional tables that we might need—not might need—that we're going to need. We've already purchased them and uh, uh, got them at a real bargain because we set out to do that early. And so we are going to be prepared for a slightly different setup um, so that we can handle efficiently the the, uh, the number of people that we're going to have. Well, in preparation, typically, what we need to do is—and um, Jackie's not here tonight. But uh, yesterday she was already here spot cleaning carpet and chairs and, and every kind of thing um, that, uh, that, that she could. And uh, I mean, literally on hands and knees. She's already done some work in the bathrooms, uh, fixed tile and all kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, we need to, as a team, go ahead and, and do some of those things as well. So I'm going to have a list for us um, very soon of, of things that we need to do building wise to get ready Mm you will get a team for that thank you very much see that before you even ask you got volunteers and and people on the spot ready to ready to do do the job so I appreciate that so you should already prepare yourself to to make yourself a part of the team now typically uh, you know how sweet communion ministry goes here we are (laughs) and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the play cast I'm looking at the music cast I'm looking at the setup the tear down the cleanup but it doesn't have to be like that it shouldn't be like that so what I'm saying to you now um, I'm not just preaching to the choir I'm telling the choir to go out and get them other folks in the pews and uh, uh, get get them involved and get them busy we need them and so uh, I'm, I'm letting you know we need them. We're going to need in preparation work. We're going to need in, in setup for each one of those three days. Uh, we're going to need some help. Uh, we're going to need help in preparing food. Um, I'm going to, um, now Cliff isn't here tonight, again, because of his work schedule. Once a month he has to work on Sunday evening at the rescue mission. Uh, so, uh, but he is going to, he and uh, Jackie, um, and Donna are going to head up the kind of the uh, the food committee I'm going to need a setup committee as well and I'm going to meet with that those committees in the following weeks uh, the following next week or so uh, so we can start putting some things together and, and have a, a game plan <clears throat> but again I want you to be involved that those who aren't typically here on Sunday night but are here on Sunday morning Um, that you can start grabbing them up (laughs) I don't mean aggressively violently I just mean uh, you can start getting a hold of them and saying we need you and uh, we we want you to be a part of of what we're doing okay so those are the two uh, days uh, the two events um, in December that are coming up we have another event that's coming up in March and it's not too soon uh, for us to prepare for that, that is our 25th anniversary as a church. Number 25 is coming up. Typically, the third Sunday in March is is the uh, the date. the uh, The actual date has been March 20th of 1994 was when we started our first service here, and so that was the third Sunday in March, and we're going to keep that third Sunday in March as a date. So. Uh, again, I'm going to set up a committee. I'd like to get some uh, who um, have have um, been here since the beginning and some who haven't as a part of that planning committee to do that. Now, our anniversary is going to be about what God has done in this work. It's not about me. It's not even about sweet communion. It's about God. It's about what he has done uh, in this work. We have known that God has called us to Uh, a work of getting the gospel out and uh, God has uniquely um, put us together for for that purpose and we want to honor him as we celebrate the 25 years that he's given to us we're going to do it in in our way we're not looking for something that's that's uh, not us Um, so we're not renting out a new space and and doing any of that we're having it right here our own quiet way of doing it but we do want to recognize that God has done a work and his 25 years have been 25 years of grace in this work in this ministry and we're thankful for for him for doing it and we're asking him to continue that work in in our lives and in our hearts and we want to celebrate what he has done you know Israel um, through their history was commanded to take some time out and and remember they had feasts that they were to remember what God had done and and that their children would learn and understand what God has done. And we need to do the same thing here so that the generations or those who weren't here in 1994 get a sense of our history and know what God has done in this work and in this ministry. And so we all together make up that work. Obviously, there's some who've been a part of that are no longer with us, um, and, and they, they make up that history as well. Um, but we want to remember and to celebrate. So I just want to remind you of those three the big three that, that's coming up um, that we need to, to prepare for okay um, tonight what I thought I'd do is, is let's, let's take a look at Acts chapter 19 and look at some of the background for <coughs> our, our study in Colossians and looking forward to what we're going to do in Philemon and um, how the, the, uh, the background history sets up for that so, Acts chapter 19. We mentioned this morning that when Paul wrote the letter to the church at Colossae, that he sent two other letters along with that. He sent the letter for the church at Ephesus, and he sent a letter to a Christian businessman uh, named Philemon. And all three of those letters were sent by the two individuals, um, Ones, let's see his name, if I say it right. That should be your test, shouldn't it? Tychicus and Onesimus were the two carriers of those letters. And then we talked about the other individuals, Aristarchus, Mark, Justice, Epaphras, Luke, and Demas. Um, we did not get into... Um, nympha as much did we we didn't talk about her in archippus we did not talk about him as much we'll save that for another time let's take a look at at some of the history it starts in acts chapter 19 and if you have kind of like a a headline of that chapter uh, in your bible what does it say paul in in ephesus paul in ephesus that's that's what my heading says, and so this is is Paul's ministry. Second missionary uh, journey. It says in verse nineteen, uh, chapter nineteen, verse one: It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. He said to them, "Do you?" Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Isn't that a remarkable comment? (laughs) That's a remarkable comment. Paul is is witnessing the people. These people um, um, have have looked to who Christ is, um, but they have some gaps in their teaching. They don't quite know and understand all that they should know, and they don't know about the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, he said, he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. In other words, he said, yeah, John pointed you to Christ. And he says, you need to prepare, you need to repent and turn to the Savior, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. But they hadn't heard About what Christ would do and the help that he would bring. You know, in John chapter 14 and chapter 16, actually, John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus says, I'm going to, when I leave, I'm going to leave you with a comforter, right? And he's going to be with you and live with you uh, forever. Kind of reminds me of the next catechism that we're going to be looking at, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit and how uh, he was irrevocably sent to every believer. I like that word irrevocably. Um, you, 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 you don't lose the Holy Spirit. You don't get them and then lose them. You permanently, he is, is part of us. But again, I digest. I uh, should say digest, should I? <laughs> Digress, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Mind doesn't always work like it should. All right. Um, so he says... In verse five, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about twelve men in all. Okay, so we see this event, and and um, what what happens here is that the same thing with these believers when 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 they um, the order is a little bit. Um, change, but what happens is they're trusting in Christ, and Paul lays his hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and so God is working in their lives in the same way he has worked in every other believer's lives, and that is that trusting in Christ means you are now recipient of the Holy Spirit. Then, okay, verse 8, we go on. He entered the synagogue, and for three months spoke boldly reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God what I'm going to do be looking at is some time frames here and the first one is this three months in verse 8 the next one is in verse 10 somebody read that we have a time frame listed there okay so we have three months and then we have another two years added to that and then we have a summary of all that Paul did there in Ephesus. Turn to chapter twenty, verse seventeen. Let's start at verse sixteen. Can someone read chapter twenty, verse sixteen? Anybody? Listening. So Paul's trying to get back to Jerusalem, but he decided to go, at least go past Ephesus. And I, I read that because Ephesus is there, and we, we can see how he's going to focus now on this city. In verse 17, could someone read that? All right, again, Ephesus is there. He. He is near there and he's speaking to folks from Ephesus he sends for the elders he begins to 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 recount with them the ministry that he's done and in this recounting he tells us how much time he spent there and that's where I want to get to verse 31 I'm gonna read that verse 31 yes All right. Here's the here's the question: How long, according to this verse, did Paul minister in Ephesus? Three years. Thank you. <laughs> Some people wonder: Is it three years? What is it? Three years plus two years plus two three months? I know you're thinking through that. He summarized it all, and he says, "Hey, for three years, I've been ministering to you." And so Paul spent um, a good, he spent three years. Um, ministering there in Ephesus. And in that ministry grew out, what grew out of that ministry, many things that we talked about this morning. Individuals who were impacted and affected by the gospel that Paul preached. In fact, um, let's, let's take a look at a few things um, that happened there. Go back to chapter 19. Verse eleven. Let's start there. Let's well, just have you read, and I'll interrupt or, or ask you to pause when I, when it's time to do so. Verse eleven of chapter nineteen of Acts. There let's pause there all right so we we see what was happening paul had done some great miracles there and uh, he had cast out even uh evil spirits it says at the end of verse 12 and then some of the jewish it says exorcists right that's what they did they they, they wanted to one-up paul or the even wanted to stay even with him we can do what paul did and they decided to to cast out some demons on their own. You know this story, but I want to remind you that this is what happened in Ephesus. This is Ephesus where this is going on. All right, somebody else continue on at verse 15 and go ahead and read. <laughs> All right, so um, a good, verse 17 as well. Here we have the context that this happened in Ephesus and it was a great testimony of, of God's power to uh, what was going on uh, there. And so the gospel was being preached and God gave a witness of, of power to the residents there that, that um, you can't mimic um, God's power and you can't match it. Um, and, and it is real. And, and people want to deny that today, um, but it's, it's undeniable. Today we have a lot of people going around and, and trying to get results in their own ways, and, and we see the tragic results of that, is that people, um, my wife, for instance, works in the hospital, and, and uh, she works in a, in a section where uh, she has to watch people who are on suicide watch, and you know, every every day she goes to work and she does that. And she, we we talk after she comes home from work. She tells me it's it's a shame it's a shame what the hospital is doing to try to meet those people's needs. I told her they they're trying their best. They don't know what they're dealing with, and they don't have the power to do that. All they can do is put drugs in somebody, try to numb them down. Um, They can have talk sessions with words that don't do a whole lot. What happens is when people meet real issues, they need real power. And God is the solution and the only solution. Now, some solutions seem to work for a little bit, um, but eventually they're going to find out they don't really deal with the real issue. God deals with the real issue. It's a heart issue issue it's a soul issue it's a heart that has no hope and God made that heart made that soul to be connected to him it needs God and can't function properly apart from that and so they try all of these other solutions and, and it doesn't work in this situation they said hey we can use our power and we can get the same results It's interesting. I'm glad that God allowed that to happen. Sometimes I wonder why God doesn't let that happen even more now. But he allows that to happen so that they can see his real power. Notice what these, these demons, these evil spirits say. They say, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Now, what does that mean? It means that they recognize true, real power. It wasn't Paul who had the power. What was, who was behind that power was the Lord Jesus Christ. And these guys thought that they could proclaim. Say, in fact, you see that in verse 13. I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. And the, the demons just laughed at that. Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? No respect for them at all. (coughs) And then it says what happened. The man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all all of them and overpowered them. And so this had a huge impact on the residents of of Ephesus where, where Paul was ministering. Um... God's power is still the same. The gospel is still changing lives. Now we were answering a question last week, and we were, we were basically re-looking at, at God's work here in the ministry, and we had a question where somebody was wondering, since we sometimes have small crowds, kind of like we do tonight, is it worth it? Are we just going through the motions, so to speak? We begin to recall how God is actually working in people's lives and how he has done that, over the years and how the gospel has had an impact it may not be what we thought it would be or what we wanted to see um but God's word uh and the gospel has had an impact and in fact um I would venture to say much of that impact we don't always see is happening in hearts and so there's there a young lady who's here this morning um that I happened to to see I didn't get a chance to talk to her um but of course uh, Jamar knows her, his sister was here and uh, she just happened to pop in the service Um, she was here when she was a little girl, She's a teenager and she's been in and out and I don't know exactly what's happening in her life I didn't get a chance to talk to her, my wife did have an opportunity to talk to her a bit Um, but one thing I know is that she knows where the gospel has been spoken and praise God that the doors are still open here where when a person wants to hear come for a solution uh, they can still hear that I'm not saying we're the only place where that's happening but it's one that she's familiar with and that she has seen in her brief past of real power um, God working in lives in a real way so that has a message to it it has a powerful message and so uh, Paul again is 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 doing the the work there, and we see many things going on, and this is one of them. I want to move to another one. <clears throat> verse twenty one. Oh, let, let me just let let's keep going. Um, verse eighteen. Can someone read that for me? okay I want to pause right there okay so we see that this had a had a great impact those who were involved in in these um other arts magic and 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 worship uh of, of of things they began to trust in the Lord and they gave up um what they had been doing and they began to burn even their books and and the things that they had it even gives a Kind of a assessment of how much they had and how much it was worth that they burned um and so their lives were changed they said we no longer are are going to play with these things that we used to play with we're not going to worship in this way we're turning ourselves over to the lord we have no more need for these things no we don't want to sell them and get money for them we want to destroy them and get rid of them and we are repenting. That, that's a good sign of repentance, isn't it? We're turning from the old way of life, and we're turning to, to God. And it says in verse 20, So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. That's a blessing. Here's in Ephesus of Paul's ministry. Only three years of ministry, but we see some great things happening. Now let's look at the next thing in, in verse uh, 21. And have someone start reading there. Paul's there. Okay, so we see the impact of this work of Paul's ministry there, and the ministry of the gospel, is that um, people who were involved in these other crafts and arts, they were getting fed up with Paul. Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth, he says in verse 25. He says, verse 26, you see in here that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people. <laughs> they didn't like that. We see the impact of the ministry that Paul had there in Ephesus. Now this morning we said that those three years in Ephesus, there were a number of people um, that we see in our text that have been impacted um, by the gospel. So Let's put a marker there in Acts and, and turn back to Colossians chapter 4. We mentioned verse 7, Tychicus, and verse 9, Onesimus, um, who were the uh, um, carriers of the letter. They brought the letter to, they uh, brought three letters there to Colossae. So we see them. Aristarchus, verse 10, um, Paul says uh, was a fellow prisoner, and he sent his greetings. Um, go back to Onesimus. Remember Onesimus in verse nine. Onesimus was, we said, a slave or a bond servant of Philemon, and Onesimus had um, ran away from Colossae And in his running away, he had encountered Paul, probably there in Ephesus, during that three-year time. And he had heard the gospel. He had been impacted by the gospel. And now he's a part of Paul's mission team. And in the letter to Philemon, Paul was sending him back to Colossae to face uh, the place he had run away from. So uh, we see him being impacted by the ministry. In verse... Uh, 12, we see Epaphras. Epaphras is the one who really started the church in Colossae. Again, he had come into contact with Paul. Um, We see that in Colossians 1, verse 7, where Paul says, you learned it, you learned this gospel from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. And so uh, Epaphras was one who um, had heard the gospel probably, again, in his connection with Paul in Ephesus, and he had gone back to his hometown, and he had spread the gospel there, and the impact of the gospel was now spreading from Ephesus now 100 miles to the east to Colossae and to Laodicea and Hierapolis, I think you call it, uh, that that surrounding area. Um, So, again, he was he was uh, impacted by that ministry there. So, um, just wanted to give you a little bit of that history back in Acts of how the gospel was going on and just a little picture of it. We didn't read all of that, but you can read that on your own during the week and just just see that. We can praise God that the ministry of the gospel has the impact that God intends for it to happen and we need to be encouraged in it and keep being a part of it. And so I'm going to... Just in right there. Ask you if you, have, if you have any questions, any comments. We're gonna spend maybe five more minutes and then we we'll close in prayer. All right, I think so. In Acts nineteen, um, it says there <clears throat> he found some disciples at the end of verse one. He found some disciples. Now that's kind of a loose term. Those who who, who follow a teaching. Um, but when we look into it, they, they were following. He asked them, you know, um, a little bit. He researched with them, and he they had heard of, they had gotten the gospel from John the Baptist. In fact, in verse 3, he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. During the time of Jesus, Jesus was there, but before um, His death and resurrection is when John spoke, but now Paul is speaking to them, and certainly they have heard of Jesus, they heard of his death, they've heard of his resurrection. All that was was very well known um, in in the area. If they heard of John the Baptist, they knew of Jesus. If they knew of Jesus, they would have known of his death and of his resurrection. Uh, What they didn't know about is the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit's ministry that was new to them and the full impact of what Jesus came to do. So it's like saying Jesus came not only to save them from their sin, but to give them the power to have victory over sin. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And so it's, it's, a, great, it's a great encouragement to a person to say, wow, not only do we have a Savior who, 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 who takes the condemnation or the judgment away from our sin, but he equips us to live in this world where sin is all around us. And so that's what Paul was bringing to them. Hey, you don't understand about the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you what that is. And uh, God did it, I think, in that way, in a dynamic way. Um, and, and, and they began to do some of the same things early believers had done when they first received the Holy Spirit, and that is that they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. And I think that's simply to give evidence that this is the genuine work of God yeah uh, in their lives, as they have trusted Christ now and and now paul is, has enlightened them as to who the Holy Spirit is, they have the Holy Spirit working in their lives. I don't know if that helps answer that question all right Let me take time out to uh, give a commercial. I'm looking for my bag. Here it is good time for commercial doing a conference on counseling and the book is instruments in the Redeemer's hands um, I think you can get this book for what 15 bucks Brian you got it online for about that much yeah about oh, 15 bucks bucks so it's not too late to get it um, um, I know you told me you can get it in one day shipping two day shipping okay if you're on that special you know Amazon Plus or whatever that is, uh, Prime. Yeah, uh, you can get it real quick. Um, so it's it's not a it's not a big cost. what but what, 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 here's the p- point, is that he's trying to Paul Trippin is the author there, and he's trying to get us to understand how the Holy Spirit works through His people, and we are instruments in the Redeemer's hands, and that we don't have to be perfect. In fact, God uses imperfect people like me and you. Um, and that's his way of changing people. And too often we've said, you know, this is a serious issue, and we need a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and we need the quote-unquote professionals. I don't know how to say that in a nice way. Nonsense, okay? Um, Professionals are not the experts on the human mind or the heart and it's scary what they have people depending on them and trusting in them when they do not have the answer they don't know the root of the problem and if you don't know the root of the problem you can't possibly get to the right solution so um, this is to help us and equip us how we can um, help people um, through the same way we receive help, um, and and help them to apply God's word in their lives. I see a couple other questions or comments, yeah? yeah point, uh, line, and 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 also for for those of us who are believers, that we need help. We we need to, to turn to Christ, and so the help that we need is in God's word, by His Spirit, and through God's people, and so. That's why I just want to put a commercial out that that's going to be happening November third and November tenth, and uh, it's 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 not going to make us experts. It's going to help us do what God intended for us to do, and that's to help each other apply God's word in in right ways. Don? Those things you've seen, you have seen personally. I've seen personally right here in this work so it's not like we had to travel all over the world to see this god has allowed us to see it allow you to see that and here we are right here as some of those that you mentioned um that god has changed and he's done that through the gospel and by his grace so you know some people say well that's your way it works for you (laughs) <laughs> and i'm gladly yes it does work for me and i don't want you to find out too late that not only will it work for you it's the only thing that will work for you so praise god in the power um, of the gospel then any other comments or questions i did not know if i saw another hand or not okay if not. let's close in a, in a time of prayer oh by the way i'm looking for a couple couple men a couple good men God is allowing us to, um, uh, we're going to grow to the extent we have people ready to work with men who come here, women who come here. We had a, a woman who came here this morning looking for help, and, and I was so glad that um, just, just some of our ladies right here, <laughs> Beverly and Shell, and just took her aside and, and uh, spoke with her and ministered to her. Um, praise God for that. Praise God for that. We have men who come from the Milwaukee Rescue Mission, a man who was here this morning who was part of our service yesterday. And uh, I'm looking for men who are available for mentoring. I, I see three men I'm targeting right now, all right. I see Aaron, I see Nick, I see Jamar. Uh, yeah, I'm picking on you guys. Uh, I, I want you to be in the pool of men ready to, to, to be a mentor to them. So uh, as many as I have in that pool is the many... As is the number of men we can actually help and assign and when we if we have three men we can help we can help three more men if you went with us last night you saw we, we have plenty of men who, who are at our service and want to come here um, but we're going to be limited to the number of men who are able to help so I'm thankful that we have men who are able and available and I just want to hear confirmation from you guys that you're willing to do that because we need you to to work in that way All right, Father we thank you for your word tonight we pray you would um, help us to rejoice in your power to change lives through the gospel and help us to be available to open our lives so that others um, we can be used as a help to others and a reminder of how your gospel and how your grace has worked in our lives we're humbled by that we're thankful for that and we are thankful that um, you want to use us to impact lives in this community the same gospel that went out in Ephesus is the gospel that goes out here in milwaukee and we have seen it change lives in a drastic way and we look forward to you continuing to do that in us and through us in jesus name we pray